Social Conversations. Well, uh, let's welcome a guest who's no stranger to the A-Team, Devon Munsamu, who's the CEO of ICHAF uh, Training Institute at South African TVET College. Uh, Devon, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. A very good evening to you and to the listeners, and thank you for having me. So everyone wants uh, to get a head start uh, with their careers. Everyone wants the new year to mean new beginnings, new salaries, uh, negotiation of contracts and, uh, you know, uh, benefits and incomes. How do we get a new start? Where should we be starting um, to get ahead with our careers? Uh, I think it's very important for us to shift our mindset into a very healthy, productive state of mind. So this means that we've got to remind ourselves of the importance of setting quality, realistic goals and clear any negative mental or, or any, any, any negative resonating issues, push that out of the way and thus take away the anxiety. And that's a really good place to start is a healthy, fresh approach and mindset to the new year and to setting your goals. How do we uh, acquire that? I mean, if things were tough last year for uh, a person's career, if they were feeling downhearted and downtrodden and uh, prospects were glim, how do they start Mm. feeling that way? Yeah, you're 100% right. Now more than ever, with us just coming out of the pandemic and also getting used to the new normal, a lot of people have been working from home. So sometimes people are not completely in sync with their goals. Some people may feel a little bit stifled and a little bit demotivated. But what I've seen with some of the programs that we were doing last year and some of the learners we've had in our different groups, there were those learners who achieved goals much easier when they had found a mentor to bounce ideas with, to talk regularly uh, about uh, you know, their challenges and, and what uh, their stumbling blocks and hurdles are. So I found a very successful approach with the students that we had were the ones who had mentors allocated to them. Now, a mentor is somebody that uh, will be able to, to, to share some wisdom or just be a sounding board uh, to the person in, in relation to their goal setting. So I would say um, a very positive way forward is to find a mentor and discuss your realistic and your achievable goals with this individual. And, and, and this can play a very important role in finding some sort of motivation. One thing I've found uh, with people who are seeking mentors, some of them don't really know what the role of a mentor is. Uh, they feel a mentor is going to be the key to open up all doors for them. Um, uh, they, mm. they don't understand what their responsibility is um, as a mentee. So maybe le- let's go there. What are the ro- responsibilities of a mentor? And uh, what are the responsibilities mm. of a mentee, especially when it comes to career goal setting? Mm. Firstly, it, so- it sounds very basic, but the role of a mentee and a mentor is to be consistent, firstly. So if one is going to be setting appointments, to really stick to those appointments, whether it's via WhatsApp call, whether it's video calling, whether it's over Teams or Zoom, to be very consistent. And when we start with the level of consistency and we plot our certain dates, when we're actually going to communicate and speak, we get buying from both parties, then we've got to have a structured approach 
to what we're actually going to be talking about. Then it turns into something a little bit more productive and constructive than having to talk about the weather, because that's not going to be very valuable if we're just going to be idling and chit-chatting about things that don't really, uh, you know, see some sort of positive um, end result. So outline exactly what the nature of the relationship is, what my objectives are, and once we outline that as the mentee, the mentor to get some structure in terms of how I'm going to approach this. So where we fall by the wayside with the mentor-mentee relationship is where clear goals are not outlined from the very get-go. The mentor can also ask leading questions to the mentee, such as, what would you like to achieve from these mentoring sessions? How do you think you'll be able to, to, to navigate your way forward by having regular conversations? You know, simply asking, what are your objectives? What are those hurdles that you find? So when we have those leading questions, we find that the conversation tends to flow a little bit easier. Sometimes the assumption is that the mentee doesn't know what they want out of the mentor relationship or the mentee-mentor relationship. It's not necessarily true. Sometimes mentees have a very clear idea in terms of where they want to go to. But the goalpost is so far, that's where the mentor comes in to try and help them bring the goalpost a little bit closer through conversation. There you go. I think, A-Team, as you have heard, the role of a mentee and the role of a mentor. When you're going out seeking for a mentor, remember that your mentor is not your key to getting into that particular position. It's not a person that's going to knock at the door, but a person that is going to be an accountability partner, ask you leading questions, help you discover yourself within your career, and uh, possibly help you ignite uh, that passion that you have for that career and have the gusto Mm. to just go for it. Because, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm saying this because you can only imagine my inbox of how many people come in asking for mentorship. And I've been a mentor, but not in, in, in the media industry I've mentored quite a lot of entrepreneurs in various programs mm-hmm. and I understand these roles um, at Devon but the people who mm-hmm. end up asking Patricia can you mentor me I so want to be on radio I believe I'm good and you ask them one question or give them one assignment and they gone mm-hmm disappeared because yeah. they don't realize that a mentor is not a person to just open doors for you physically in that career. It's someone who's going to lead you to getting there. So let me ask you something, Devin. When it comes to goal settings, when it comes uh, uh, pertaining our careers, are we realistic at all times? Or are we saying, you know what? I want to start off as uh, a receptionist. And in two years' time, I want to be the CEO of this company. Now, what we find sometimes is there are some individuals who are very unrealistic in terms of goal setting. We call them the one day is one day people, you know, one day is one day, I'll do this. Or what. Then that's no clear connection between where I am right now to where I'd like to be in terms of my short term projection and then my medium term and then my long term. So what we're doing is we're just setting ourselves up for failure when our goals are not realistic and achievable enough. It's really nice to have dreams, and it's really nice to be able to envisage a life that we want for ourselves. But I'm going to encourage people to stick within the realistic boundaries of where we are right now and where I'd like to be in the next few, not just weeks, but days, weeks, months, and then try to assess whether they are achievable and realistic. And if it's not, We've got to take a different approach. 
So, no, I find that a lot of people tend to be very blasé and, and say things about what they want to achieve, but no clear directive in terms of where they'd like to go to. I mean, you touched on it earlier, where a lot of people would come to you, Patricia, and say, this is where I'd like to be, but not fully understanding where I'd like, I want to be on radio. I'd like to get on television. I want to create a new app. I want to start an empire. It's all great having those wonderful goals. But if we don't have a realistic plan, and also one that's achievable in bite sizes to get to the next step and the next step and the next step, then unfortunately you're setting yourself up for failure. A-Team is joining on the conversation. I mean, have you already set your career goals for this year? Um, What is it looking like? Do you have milestones that are achievable? Are you excited about them? Perhaps you are taking up a new course. Let us know on 011-714-2006 or you can WhatsApp on 0614-104107. SMSs can be sent to 41391. Remember, they are charged at 150. I know one thing for certain, uh, Devin, uh, setting goals needs to have uh, small milestones, right? But when it comes to your career, sometimes you might need to, uh, to, to firstly find your purpose in the current work you're doing. Find the purpose in your uh, studies. Find the pur- So you can then be able to be ignited to move forward. Talk to us about this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very important, really. Um, the focus and being able to, um, to upskill and, and, and really look at self-improvement. Um, you know, this means almost um, taking a look inward and trying to establish what my skill set is at the moment and where I'd like to take my skills and, and what is the next level from here. And I think it's so important for us to be able to introspect to be able to ask the right questions. And in many cases, some people just simply don't do that. Um, You know, we keep talking about the conversation we should be having with others, the conversation that we should be having with our manager, with our HR people. You know, how do I get that bigger job, the better promotion? But I must say that the best conversation to have is an introspective one, one for us to turn inwards and for us to really have a serious conversation with ourselves in terms of my strengths, my limitations, um, you know, am I very familiar with my industry, as an example? Do I really love what I do? And when we ask these very introspective, deep questions on a different level, we then edge closer to understanding ourselves better, which really sets the tone going forward. Sure. Very important. Very, very important. And uh, the issue of upskilling. And let's talk about that. Finding that Mm. short course that is going to um, give you the extra edge. Mm. Now, upskilling is is just absolutely crucial. If there's one thing that COVID taught us, you know, we've come through from a pandemic and, and, you know, people had to take to online learning platforms. People had to now start using, you know, programs where they were communicating in a way and a method that they never imagined that they would previously. This is uh, speaking to adaptability. If we don't adapt, if we don't upskill ourselves, if we're taking an approach where I'm just so close to opening and changing, because this is the way I've done it for the past five years, and this is the way I'm going to do it going forward. Unfortunately, we're not speaking to progression in our career space. We're not speaking to progression even in the social space or, or being engaging with the rest of the world in some levels. So we have to look at upskilling as a way of life. 
We've got a shift mindset there. Every single day, week, month, year is an opportunity to learn. So learning about different systems, learning about different programs, learning about different people, and trying to understand how to connect with those people in a post-COVID society. Upskilling is more than just registering for a course and a program through university or receive at college, but it's all about finding different opportunities. You'll be surprised how many programs there are available for free online and how many companies are willing to send people on different programs because it also affects the triple BWE scorecard. People get so many rebates for organizations when they send their people, but are employees putting their hands up for these programs? Uh, I'm not so sure because most companies that put these people on have to beg people sometimes to join internal training programs. And, and, and sometimes I ask myself, why? Um, you know, it's so confusing when upskilling should be at the, at the forefront of, of moving my career and my aspirations forward. Well, when one is looking for that uh, short course or skills um, upgrading, where should they be looking? If money is a, is a challenge, and I know for many South Africans, you know, people tend to be cash strapped, and nobody can just afford to throw thousands at a at a at a higher institute, learning institute, or receive it. Uh, there are many online free portals that one could access. It just takes a very quick Google search to be able to access. Also, the CETAs offer many different internships and learnerships. And in many cases, companies will pay people a stipend to join them and to also learn from the organization itself. Um, I'm going to warn people to be careful of um, organizations or institutes that pose as accredited training providers or accredited colleges, and then they pay these people money to learn something, and they don't check their accreditation. So just be cautious when, you, when, when it comes to upskilling, because they could be these fly-by-nights as well. So I'm going to say when it comes to upskilling, you speak to your HR in your organization. Again, maybe talk to your mentor who's maybe gone through the journey as well. And do lots of research online to try and assess what it is you want to study. And there's nothing worse than pursuing an area of upskilling that you're never going to use. So try and streamline and identify what your strengths are and what are you going to use this program for so that you're studying and you're upskilling in the right direction. Yeah, it's a very important not to go for those bogus institutions. Here's a, a message from a, one of our A-team listeners who says, well, I am currently a management assistant student at South Cape College. So far, I have been watching the news for direction. Um, you know, you clear there are very few chances for the youth to reach their goals. Why? Simply because we young people are not prioritizing what's important and we refuse to adapt with the country's situation, COVID-19 based. Thank you. Um, for young people, Devin, young yeah. people feel like they are being marginalized out of the workplace um, due to not having enough experience, not uh, having enough qualifications or being overly qualified, but underly experienced. How can they be encouraged um, when it comes to setting their career goals? Mm. I, I think it's very important for young people to start looking at, at, uh, at opportunities through partnerships through job shadowing, through approaching organizations to earn and gain some skill in, uh, in return for assisting the organization. And you'll be surprised when rapport and relationships are built with different businesses. And you'll also be surprised how many companies and organizations are very ready to take on individuals 
who are willing to assist them with things like filing and 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 um, updating systems and 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 just generally helping them with administrative work. Um, and when we have an approach and we're able to uh, tap into an organization who's willing to transfer the skills and just be willing to share some knowledge and information, this speaks to relationship building, and it looks very good on our CVs as well, because that could speak to a very good reference. And sometimes, in many industries, it's about gaining the necessary experience and then having the credibility on your CV to prove that I have been uh, assisting administratively. Now, many people can't afford to be consistent and to go in because it takes taxi fare and it takes other transport money to get there, and maybe they don't have access to this type of thing. There are many people and companies who are even looking to to trade off with, with young people to allow them to have the skills through online means and online platforms. So there are, what I'm going to encourage young people to do is to just go online and search for these organizations who are ready to do this trade-off. Another area they should be looking at is learnership. Many, many companies look for young people to join their organization. And if you're doing an NQF level three or an NQF level four, the matric is a minimum entrance requirement. Only when you're doing an internship at an NQF level six or seven, then they require a degree, you see. So for matriculants to try and join an organization through a learnership or some sort of a training program where they'll get a stipend and they'll get skills to work in a big formal environment. Mm, very true. As we close off, uh, let's uh, just uh, assist King Saint Nazi, who has uh, sent us uh, um, a WhatsApp saying, Hi, Pat and the guest this year. I've uh, downloaded the trading apps in my phone. I've done research about the trading industry and I can say I have gained 20% of knowledge. I fear to deposit the money and start trading. I think I need the mentorship. How will I know that my mentor is legit? How do we yeah, verify so- mentors? Yeah, look, online at the moment, when it comes to this type of thing, there's a plethora of individuals who are taking opportunity via platforms like Facebook and Instagram to extort from unsuspecting victims. So this is an area that I'm going to caution people around when it comes to mentorship in this, in this segment of business, because it is one where people are easily preyed on because um, you know, because of the of the monetary values involved. So research is the best way to do it. If accounts have been recently created, if somebody is just very new to a particular, if they post uh, maybe 20 of them in the last week or two, I would say that the person doesn't have good enough online rapport. So she must rather find a mentor or somebody who's well-established or who's been in the arena for a long time. And it takes several searches online to be able to establish the credibility of an individual. They will have Twitter accounts, they will have Instagram accounts, Facebook, and they will have people commenting on their posts and just talking about them. Some of them would have even published articles if they're serious enough. So not to go with anyone, and that's what we refer to as the fly-by-night. Don't take advice from the wrong people, because that could really demotivate a young person who's upcoming and and live-wired now when they partner with the wrong people. So I'm going to caution everybody to, to, to research properly before they start engaging with the community out there. Well, Devin, how do people get in touch with you um, for courses at uh, your TVET college, uh, ISHAF? 
Hmm. The, thank you for asking. They could log on to our website, which is ichattraining.co.za, so that I can help Africa Foundation Training, or to my website, even devanmunsami.com. So it's devan-munsami.com. And I'm happy to communicate to anybody listening about how to further their goals uh, and, and, and achieve the objectives. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Devon. Thank you, Patricia. It's always lovely talking to you. That was Devon Munsami, who's the CEO of IHF Training Institute, a South African TVET college. It's uh, 20 minutes to 11. We're about to get into a social conversation looking at how the rest of the world, the globe, is feeding um, and disseminating information about Africa? Is it being done correctly? Is it being monitored? Or are people still thinking that, uh, you know, we live with lions as pets and (laughs) things are just not working in Africa, so Africa needs to be saved? Well, let's hear from our next guest.